The following audio is from Gold Country Baptist Church in Shingle Springs, California. Visit gcb.church to find more resources and to learn about our church. Women of the Word, September 25th, 2023. All right, so we will get started this morning um, on our last segment of developing deeply biblical friendships. Um, I'm a little sad to see this go, but they're all recorded online, and praise the Lord, they're all posted online. There was a little trouble finding one of them, but they found it, and it's up, and so I'm super thankful. Um, But let's just ask for his um, encouragement during this time before we start. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful, Lord, for this beautiful morning that you've blessed us with. I'm so thankful for um, the beautiful sisters that you've brought, Lord, to hear from you, and I pray, Father, that you would use your Holy Spirit to... Um, just allow me to speak the words that you would have spoken this morning, Lord. Would you help each one here to be encouraged to just go out and, and work to be a better friend, Lord? Because no matter where we are on that journey, we can always be a better friend. Um, your sanctification process works um, through our sisters, through our marriages, through our relationships with our kids and our friends and all of these things, Lord. And I'm so thankful for our church body, for the loving body that it is. And I pray, Father, that you would help us to um, discern how you would have us be better friends to one another, Lord, how you would have us love more like your son loved us and gave himself up for us, Lord. Even while we were still his enemy, he gave himself for us. Would you remind us of that when we experience these, what really are minor disappointments and minor offenses um, from our friends and cause us to be more loving, more forgiving, um, and Father, just to be kinder to one another as we walk a, a difficult path in a rocky world, Lord. I ask that you would just be in the midst of us during this time and as we move forward um, and we just commit it to you, Lord, in your son's precious name. Amen. So I am so thankful for um, this whole series. It's been very encouraging to me. It's also been very convicting to me in a number of ways. And really, I hope that it's been the same for you. I think when we come and we're encouraged, it's great. But when we sit and we're never convicted, um, either the teaching isn't tough enough or um, we're just not sensitive to the prompting of the Spirit. And so I just want to encourage each of you to really pray as we wrap this series up for the spirit to work in your heart to show you in what way you need to change in your friendships. And as you develop new friendships, how you can go deeper and how we can get more focused on really loving one another um, the way that we have been loved by Christ. So we are going to do a review this morning. Um, So for those of you who don't like repetition, um, I'm not really going to apologize because I think God repeats himself a lot because he wants us to listen. So I am going to do a review this week um, because it is the last. And some of you may have missed one. And so if you miss one, you can jot down like, ooh, that's the one I missed. That's the one I need to go listen to. They're all posted online. There's Jamie's two sessions and then my two and then Laura's two in that order. Um, and so I want to just talk about um, – how our thinking and our actions should have been changed in some ways as we've gone through this series. So uh, week one, Jamie talked in depth about Jonathan Holmes' book, The Company We Keep in Search of Biblical Friendship. And we learned the four marks of biblical friendship, which were constancy, candor, caring or carefulness, and counsel. And these are the four things that we're called to, to come alongside one another in all of these ways. So as she unpacked each of these aspects of friendship, she issued a challenge to us to examine, quote, where do I need spirit-empowered growth in these four areas? So if you haven't taken time to truly consider that, if you don't remember what each of those aspects were, um, I really appreciated how she pulled scripture into each aspect, and so much of it was from the Proverbs. And as I kind of went back and reviewed the whole series, there's so much in the Psalms and the Proverbs that directly speak to this. Um, so I just wanted to encourage you in that way, and um, that would be a, a thorough listening to part one of that series, and just carefully putting it before the Lord. Am I careful in my friendships? Am I 
constant? Am I consistent in coming alongside my friends? Am I willing to speak truth and love? And we've talked about that multiple weeks, but Laura really tied it together nicely last week. Um, and in that regard, I wanted to recommend a book. <clears throat> I think I might have mentioned it last week, but it's called When Words Matter Most, Speaking Truth with Grace to Those You Love. And there's actually a chapter in this called um, A Gracious Friend or The Gracious Friend. Yeah, The Gracious Friend. Um, and the scripture that they use in the very beginning of that chapter is First John 4.19. We love because he first loved us. And every chapter they go through, they wind it up with reflection questions. And I know many books do that. Um, but these are really, just really valuable. She asks this, what three qualities of a gracious friend's character are highlighted in this chapter? And then she challenges the reader to describe them in your own words with key scripture verses. And then to examine which quality do you need to develop in your own life? What three qualities of a gracious friend's conversation are highlighted in this chapter? And so um, that was kind of just a launching point. That's where Jamie picked up in the second part of hers. Um, She unpacked first some threats to biblical friendship. And then, um, again, very worth self-examination. And then she gave a really thorough overview of the six conversations. Um, The subtitle of that is Pathways to Connecting in an Age of Isolation and Incivility. And that was Heather Holloman's book. And um, if you don't want to grab that book right now, because if you're like me, you have so many on your shelf you haven't quite read yet, just go to her website and download those 100 questions. They will be such food for thought as you're having conversations with people in those six areas she talked about. But she said we need to be curious, right? Interpersonal curiosity was that first mindset that she talked about. We just need to be curious about other people, right? And not in a nosy way, but in a biblical way. We need to believe the best about one another. And it's amazing when we rehearse that, or at least for me, as I've rehearsed that in my mind, I find myself even saying that out loud to others in my family, like, are you believing the best right now? Let's consider some things that might be underlying that, maybe not what you're thinking. So instead of assuming people have wrong motives or assuming someone's not being kind, let's believe the best and think about whether or not they might just be having a hard day. There might be something else going on. Is there a way that we can pray for them? Is there a way we can ask them a question that might get deeper to the root? Maybe it's us who've offended them. And maybe by being a loving friend, we'll bear that out through conversation. Um, the third is expressing concern or caring for one another. Again, that thread of carefulness from the first book. These books all wove together. I don't know, if, did any of you have that experience as we went through these books? Like, there were really common threads weaving through all of them. Um, and so caring well for another and Mutual sharing, and I think that's one that's more difficult for some of us than others. You know, we tend to think about some friends and go, oh, she's really private. Um, And some of us are more private than others. And we're not called to share everything with everyone, but we do need to have a couple of good friends, a couple of good confidants, if you will, to steal a term from that other book that we can go to when we're having a difficult time. Even if we go to that person and say like, oh, I am just having such a hard time and I can't really put my finger on it. Because if you're a friend who's constant and truthful and caring and can give counsel from the word, you're going to even help her find maybe the root of that issue. Um, At the Biblical Counseling Conference last month, they talked a lot about the difference between the fruit, like the things that we see, the sin that we see, and the root. And the more he talked about it, the more I'm like, I don't know if I'm good at that. And so I asked someone who is very knowledgeable in biblical counseling, um, so help me figure out, like, how do we know the root from the fruit? And when the individual looked at me and said, that's a really good question, I'm like, okay, I'm not alone. So we pray, right? We ask the Lord help me understand in my own behavior, is this the fruit or is this the root? And help me get to the root. Help me search my own heart in a deeper, more meaningful way so I can unearth what the root of this is. Um, So when she wrapped that section up, um, Jamie, again, we're in part two, she asked us to consider developing a deeper self-awareness 
and the value of having that in friendship, the value of having a deeper self-awareness so that we can be more transparent and we can be more vulnerable with those that the Lord calls us to be vulnerable with. And she said if, you're, um, if you want some food for thought for that, she asked you to consider three things you're currently struggling with, three things you're currently celebrating, and three upcoming decisions that maybe are difficult or maybe aren't that you could just share. These are things that we can just talk with one another and share about. Um, and then the third class, we started looking um, at the threads of love, joy, and peace that were woven in John 14 and 15. Both of those chapters, Jesus was preparing his disciples for life as he left the earth and preparing to, um, for them to receive his spirit, who he promised, and really to prepare them for life together. Um, I cannot speak from personal experience, but I have heard many, many commendations of Bonhoeffer's book, Life Together. I do, I do want to read that. If there's anyone who's feeling really like led to read that, let me know because then we can read it together. I have found that the way for me to actually finish a whole book and not pull it off the shelf and go, ooh, why is the bookmark in the middle? Is to read it with someone. So if anyone wants to read Life Together, let me know. I'm in. Um, but I think that that would be a really good follow-up to this series, too. And then we kind of went back to Holloman's book a little bit, talked about the goals of having better conversations. Um, and really, as she's talking about having conversations, her goal is to have warm, loving connections. So what she says all throughout the book is that's, that's what she wants for us to have. We know that's what God wants for us to have. Um, and so those goals were encouragement, growth, and worship. And uh, the encouragement there was just to ask better questions, listen more actively for what people value, for who they are, for who they're growing to be, and for what God's doing in their lives. Um, because that gives us, oftentimes just brings our remembrance back to the scriptures because so much of the Bible is narrative. And God reveals who he is by what he does in the lives of people. And so when we're listening to what is happening in people's lives, we ought to be listening for what God is doing. Um, you know, not that we always offer that right away, but it just gets our thinking to be right so that if we have a friend who's struggling, we can be encouraging. We can be trying to help her grow in an area that God might be calling her to grow in. Um, and when we do that, we end up worshiping the Lord together, which is really one of his primary goals, I think, in our relationships. So asking better questions can be really hard if you're not naturally good at it. So she gives us lots of areas to ask. Um, and so she outlines these six areas that are common to how we are created. So the area of questions, social questions. Do anybody remember what, like, what would those social questions be? What area of life would those target? I'm glad I'm reviewing. <laughs> or you're all just not done with your coffee yet. <laughs> the don'ts, not those general questions. Okay. So to be a little bit more specific in all of these areas, to be a little more specific, right? General vague questions um, sometimes yield general vague answers instead of, you know, helping us to just grow in a little deeper way. What do you guys think? What's a good question in the area of social? Okay. Think about something that you did over the weekend thus far. Raise your hand if you will, and you just share something you did over the weekend. That's a pretty common question. So what is it? Anything? Fiona, <laughs> <laughs> what did you do over the weekend? I was in Tahoe with you <gasps> and our life group. How lovely. Who else was there? You and Neil. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to go through it all. It's an example. Of a social question, like, how fun, who did you do that with? Physical, what did you do while you were there, right? So these all lead to other questions, but it starts with just these simple, like, let's just connect. Like, how was your weekend is an easy question, right? If somebody says, great, what did you do? If somebody says, hey, it was okay, like, oh, what did you do? Did you get some rest or maybe they had a rough weekend, right? We can ask these follow-up questions. Um, but those social are, who are we doing things with, right? Who, who's in our life that we're doing things with? The physical is, what did you do? Like, ooh, that sounds adventurous. Where did you, where did you do that? Um, the emotional, right? Like, ooh, that sounds really restful and recharging. Do you feel rested and recharged? 
Um, whatever it might be, there's all of these questions, right? I, I kind of try to avoid the question, like, how do you feel about that? Because we live in a world that has replaced I think with what? I, I feel. I feel like this might be true. Well, I don't actually feel like that might be true. I think this might be true, right? So I just want to give that cautionary note. Um, I think, you know, we all catch ourselves doing it because it's very much the, like, common vernacular of the day. Um, and then the cognitive, right, thinking, like, what are the things that we're thinking on? And that could be, like, you know, what, what, what's been your favorite book you've ever read? Why? How did that change your thinking? These are some things that we can talk about. It might not be something that changed your thinking. It might have been something that just really rested you and recharged you. So then we're back to either the physical or the emotional. Um, volitional, Jamie challenged us to think about upcoming decisions. Volitional just means how are we making decisions? How do we decide to do the things that we do? And I liked um, how she puts that as like, ooh, tell me the story of how that happened, which is really asking you, how did you decide to do that? And then the spiritual, which should be more natural to most of us. Um, and those are questions about, you know, what we're learning as we study God's word, how he's working in our life, what aspect of him are we learning that's new. Those, I think, come more natural to believers, but sometimes they don't because we're not in a relationship that's gone deeply enough yet. And it, it can feel um, a little bit like, hmm, have I earned the right to go that deep yet, right? Um, I think we all have because we're in the body together, but sometimes we just need to be patient and let someone think it through. Um, you know, like if you think about what you're studying in the Word right now, someone might ask you that. And then they might follow up with a question like, ooh, what's been the thing that's impacted you most from that book? You might need to think about it for a minute. So you just say, ooh, I'm going to have to think about that one, and then think about it. You know, we're friends. We're just trying to get deeper and learn from one another. So those are, those are good things. Um, but I do recommend diving into her some into some of her resources, Heather Holloman's, even if it's just that free download that she has online, which is really easy to find. Um, if you can't find it, let me know. I'm happy to print a copy for you. And then um, I actually challenged and asked you to consider the last time you walked away from a time with a friend, feeling encouraged, feeling challenged to grow, or just really being satisfied that God was glorified in your time together. I just want you guys to keep thinking about that. Those goals of establishing warmer, more loving connections, those are the things that should be happening. Not that all three happen every time, but we should be really striving to encourage one another, to help one another to grow, um, and to glorify the Lord. And then in part four, we started talking about the book by Joel Beakey and Michael Haken called How Should We Develop Biblical Friendship? And um, we definitely determined that it is truly an art we ought to all strive to embrace. Um, we considered the Apostle Paul and looked at the levels of friendship God placed in our lives that they talked about, which were those circles that I drew on the board. So we all have, you know, this outer sphere of acquaintances that can very quickly and easily, as we get skilled at developing better friendships, move to these inner circles, um, our circle of allies, which certainly includes our circle of friends here at church. Um, our companions, which are those that we spend the most time with probably, and then those maybe, you know, one, two, or three confidants in the middle. Um, and we talked about the work that really goes into growing, to knowing one another, to growing commitment, to trusting one another, um, and the investments and sacrifices along the way. They also, in that book, gave very practical steps that I went through very quickly. So... It is, like I said, a very short, very power-packed um, read, and there are, um, in each of those really practical steps, I think they go closer and closer into those inner, inner circles of, you know, becoming close companions, becoming confidants, because in the church, we all should be allies, because we're all fighting the same fight and striving for um, that progressive sanctification in our lives. So that's a, a really great one. If you've got a shorter amount of time to read, I'd probably recommend that one almost first before the others. Um, and then Laura came in and uh, in her first session unpacked our motivation for developing biblical friendships, both from the book of First Peter and from Philippians, as well as a variety of other passages. Again, many references back to the Psalms. Um, she also issued a challenge. I think we were issued a challenge every week in this study, so hopefully it wasn't too much. 
But she issued a challenge for us to begin a thankfulness journal, to write down three things at the end of the day that we're thankful for and to share them with a friend. I remembered the challenge to write the three things down. I did not remember the challenge to share them with a friend. So I am renewed having reviewed that. Um, so hopefully you guys took both parts of those challenge, but if, like me, you heard the first part and went, oh, I need to do that and missed the second, here's a second opportunity to do that. Um, did any of you accept that challenge and start writing down three things you're thankful for each day? I did it in my brain. Okay. All right. All right. Well, it wouldn't take very long to write three things down at the end of the day. And the good news is for most of us, and this isn't across the board, but I think for most of us, we're probably most fresh in the morning. So we probably have our quiet time in the morning. And I think that there's a lot of wisdom in that to start our day with the Lord. But it bookends our day. It also helps us to end our day with something that shouldn't really, like, stretch our brains and tax us that much, but just to like go and just jot three things down quickly um, and then meditate on those things in the morning and thank the Lord for what he did. And maybe it's the next morning that you reach out and share them with someone, but, but do that. Um, and ask me next week if I did that. And maybe I'll ask you if you did. Um, so anyways, I hope that you guys will, will take that challenge to heart. That can really be life-changing, possibly for both of you. Not only you, but the person that you're sharing it with. Because as I think as we see each other focus more on thankfulness and gratitude, which is what the Lord wants us to be focusing on, right? He's not interested in changing our circumstances nearly as much as he's interested in doing what? Changing us. Changing us in and through those circumstances, right? So we can be thankful even on the really, really hard days that... He's got something good for us to come out of that. And we may not know what that is because it doesn't feel good, but we, if we trust him and we love him and we agree that his word is true and inerrant and sufficient for all things, then we read Romans 8, 28 and say, this is for my good. I don't know how. Lord, you do. This is for my good. So help me just keep cooperating and change me through it. Um, even if you don't change it. I was listening to something, I don't remember what, um, oh, it was a great podcast. If any of you have ever listened to Truth and Love, it's um, Dale Johnson's podcast from, he's from ACBC, and it was on um, uh, counseling someone with an unteachable heart. And one of the, um, one of, they talk about like signs of someone having an unteachable heart, and one of the things that he added to the guests that he had on was if you see someone who like wants to change but then their circumstances change and they're like oh I'm good I'm done I don't need counseling anymore then maybe there's still a heart issue um, because once their circumstances changed they were fine and they didn't need anything else but did they really change through the circumstances? And so not to say that they haven't changed already, um, but just something to keep an eye out for in your own life, right? If you really feel the Lord is causing you to change in a particular way through a circumstance and the circumstance changes, are you still as convicted that you need to change in that way? Are you examining like, hmm, did, did I make the changes the Lord wanted me to make? Am I prepared for the next thing um, in the way that he wanted to prepare me? So um, that thankfulness journal is a wonderful idea. Um, So if you haven't started, I hope you will begin. If you have started, I hope that you continue. Um, Because it's also a really good written record of what the Lord has done when the next trial hits. You can grab that journal and open it up and say, man, this is hard. I I don't have a heart of gratitude right now. Lord, help me to find it. Pick up your own writing. Not only pick up the Old Testament and see how God worked in their lives, but pick up your own thankfulness journal. And, you know, it's a record of what God has done. It's not just your request of what you hope God will do. It's an account of what he has done. So I think that can be really valuable because we remember our our goals, right? Encouragement, growth, and worship. All of those are satisfied with a a journal of gratitude. So, um, is a very practical challenge, and I hope that this has been a, a really practical series for all of you. Um, and then last week, she continued her teaching on friendship. If any of you were not here, you can access the recording. I don't know how to get links to attach to the recording. There may be a way. I have no idea. But I have a clean 
It's a folded with a clean copy, and I'm sure I can get it from Laura. If you need a copy of this, if you weren't here last week, please grab it, because um, it was also very practical. Um, it was uh, just a very important topic that I think we probably don't talk about quite enough, is um, what we do when we offend one another. When we offend, not if, um, but when we offend one another, when we feel offended, what are we to do biblically? And she walked us through... Um, just a really good process of decision-making of when we should overlook an offense um, and truly overlook it and leave it in the past and when we ought to lovingly confront our friend. Um, and again, this book also has great wisdom in that regard, um, speaking truth with grace to those who you love. Um, so she talked about the goals. She talked about our motivations. And she gave us really practical steps to prepare our own hearts if the Lord is calling us to lovingly confront a friend. So if you missed that class, I highly recommend listening to the recording. Um, and again, there is a handout. Please just ask. Or if you want to just jot down a note on a piece of scratch paper, um, handout with your name, I will get it to you. Um, so if you missed any of these, please revisit them. They are all online. Um, if you're not sure how to find those, you can go to our homepage, um, just gcb.church. And then there's, you know, the three bars. I'm sure there's a name for it, but in my mind, it's just three bars. It says navigate at the top. If you click on that, it opens up a whole menu. Down at the bottom, it says resources, and under that is um, equipping, equipping classes. If you click that link and just scroll down, you'll see our classes link in room three, Women of the Word. If you click on that, it takes you right to the sermon audio page. Um, where all of the recordings are all posted. Thank you to Chuck Weber and Maureen. Thank you for taking care of that for us. Um, so as we, um, as we kind of wrap this up, and if you need a slower tutorial, if you're not sure where to find those, let me know. and We can um, help you find it either on your um, phone or on your laptop. Um, so... I just want to review um, a few more. I wanted to review a few of those highlights. So if you missed one, you know which one to go find. Um, so Jamie's were sessions one and two. Uh, mine were sessions three and four. And then Laura's were five and six. And then this is just kind of a review and a wrap-up of things. So um, I did want to recommend um, the When Words Matter Most book. Um, one of Caroline, Caroline Neuheiser is a biblical counselor. Cheryl Marshall, the other author, has been in women's ministries for a number of years. And they really unpack a lot of biblical truths about how we're to speak truth to one another. They also have a whole guide in the back on um, biblical resources because they do break it down um, for um, in the second half of this book. Um, when words matter most for the worried, for the weary, for the weeping, and for the wayward. So if you have a friend, I know I love alliteration. It somehow makes me remember things. But, um, but those are the four categories that they address in part two of this book. So if you have a friend who's worried, they have resources. If you have a friend who's weary, they have resources. If you have a friend who's wayward, they have resources. And if you have a friend who is um, weeping and mourning, they've got resources for that too that you can dig into for um, for more information so it's a very um, it's another very practical book sometimes books are great in theory and they give all the you know the, the biblical principles but they don't always get super practical I think that is one that is very practical um, and it is a resource to dig deep on how to love one another especially when our friends are going through difficult times um, it would be one of those books that would be an investment that would really pay off for years down the line um, when we need to be the kind of friend that God calls us to be, a friend who's needed in a particular moment. Um, when we don't have words, sometimes a friend will confide something in us. Um, I, I mean, I know this happens to me where it's like, oh, I don't have any idea what to say right now. And that's okay. I'd rather say nothing um, you know, we remember Job's friends were their most wise when they were just quiet and with their friend um, than say the wrong thing. And in those quiet moments, we just pray and we ask the Lord to give us the words that, that we ought to say. Um, there are so many other biblical resources. Um, Phil recommended Loving the Way Jesus Loves by Phil Riken. Um, I don't even remember how long ago and I grabbed it. And um, I still have not read all the way through it, but I wanted to recommend it because I trust Phil. And I think that that would help us to love one another better in the church. 
Um, and then uh, we have talked about the company we keep. And then one more I wanted to recommend is called Side by Side, Walking with Others in Wisdom and Love. Um, and I'm actually reading this with a friend, and it, it, it's a very, very good book. It talks about um, how busy our hearts are and how hard circumstances can strike in life. And he has a chapter on when our busy hearts meet hard circumstances and what can happen in our hearts and what should happen in our hearts instead. I will tell you, though, we kind of revisited it, um, my friend and I, after this teaching. There is a chapter on having thoughtful conversations. Um, and uh, I'm sorry uh, for anyone on the recording who absolutely loves this chapter. Just replace it with Heather Holloman's book. She has way better questions to ask than this particular chapter. Um, we were reading through it after we had gone through the six conversations, and it was like, that's not a very good question. But you're all equipped now with her, her replacement chapter. Um, but it is very good. There's a chapter on having compassion during trouble, um, on being alert to Satan's devices, which I think we all need to be alert to, um, preparing to talk about sin, which again goes hand in hand with what Laura helped us talk through, um, and then helping fellow sinners, and really keeping the bigger story in view. And what that chapter kind of made me think about is, um, you know, when we hear we're to be, like, preaching truth to ourselves all the time, like, we have to be going over the gospel all the time in our own minds. And I think as we're rehearsing that in our own minds over and over again, our thinking is right so that when these hard things do come, we're more prepared to speak truth with our friends because we've rehearsed the story, right? We know the truth of who God is, and even if we don't have like specific words for that moment, we can have prepared the gospel in advance so that our words are more of a balm to, uh, you know, a weary or a worried or a wayward or a weeping soul than they would be without having rehearsed those gospel truths in advance. Um, so we covered that. Um, he does break that book down into the first part, which is We Are Needy. The second part is we are needed. So, you know, again, just thinking through um, those four mindsets of being curious about others, um, you know, caring about others enough to invest in their lives, and also um, being vulnerable. He does a really nice job calling our attention to our own busy hearts, our own difficult circumstances, um, and the short version of all of that is we need help. We need each other. Um, and so we need the Lord. Um, and we have to ask for help when we need it. We know we need the Lord. We can go to him in prayer. We should always go to him first, but we need our friends too, and he has provided them, especially in, in a body like this. Um, so he does offer a really good overview of how we help one another in the second part and says, um, I like this quote, we have to have, quote, clear plans for how to do battle with Satan and sin and how to love others deeply from our hearts. And that quote and so much of what we've talked about just reminded me of some key verses that Paul um, writes in his epistles. Um, so would you guys all turn with me to First um, Thessalonians. I want to read a little bit of a passage from that. Um, and we're going to wrap up with just some passages that Paul left um, for the churches in the New Testament because I think that they apply to us, um, obviously, or, you know, God wouldn't have chosen to preserve them for us. And to keep them, we're going to be in chapter 5 of 1 Thessalonians, and we're going to start in verse 12. Okay, so beginning in verse 12. Um, we ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. So just to pause really quick, like we bless our elders and our pastors, our deacons who are laboring hard for us when we are at peace with one another, when we are obeying these calls to practice all of these one another's. Um, and I had the, our little GCBC card here somewhere. There are more um, if you need to grab one. But if you remember here, you've made these covenant commitments and all of our one another's, not all of them, but many of the one another's are on the back side. This would just be a great place for meditating on the scriptures as you consider this series that we've been through. So please grab one, um, and if we run out, I'll make sure that we have them in class um, 
Corey has them as well. So picking up in verse 14, and we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. See that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies, but test everything, hold fast what is good, abstain from every form of evil. And this is his final benediction to the, um, the Thessalonians in the first letter that he writes. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. Brothers, pray for us. Greet all the brothers with a holy kiss. I put you under oath before the Lord to have this letter read to all the brothers. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. So there's a couple of key verses. Um, just I was reminded of I considered the book of how to speak truth to one another. Um, that be at peace among yourselves. And then in verse 14, he is urging them. That's a very strong verb. He is urging them to admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, and help the weak. That covers everything we've talked about in this class. We are called to admonish one another when we see each other walking outside of those lines, and it is a good thing, it is a loving thing to call a sister back to um, the path that she ought to be on. We are to encourage the faint-hearted. I think we find that easier, right, to encourage a friend who's discouraged, um, and downcast, maybe, maybe not. Maybe you find, maybe you are one who finds it easier to admonish. Um, just make sure you're doing it in love and for the right motives. And if you're not sure, listen to part six that Laura um, walked us through. So good. And then helping the weak. And it's summed up with this: be patient with them all. And there is a thread over all of these weeks of humility and patience. And we need to be both humble and we need to be patient and we need to pray. If we are in a situation where we need to go to a sister, we need to pray that she would humbly receive it, that she would patiently receive it. And um, just in a conversation over the weekend, you know, we were talking about kind of this topic a little bit. And one of the ladies there said, you know, sometimes ladies need time to process it. And so, you know, they won't always respond right away. So it's, it's a good thing to say, like, would you just consider what I've said and would you pray about it? And I appreciated that counsel. It was really good. Um, and so we do need to allow one another time. Um, I mean, I know for myself, I'm sure if you confront something big in my life, I'm probably going to need a little time to process it. And hopefully I'm mature enough to say to you, I'm going to need a little time to process that. Um, and if I'm not, if I start to react instead of respond, please feel the freedom to say, do you need a little time to process this? Because I probably do. Um, but often we do, especially when it's the big things. And it's good. It's loving to give someone time to process it. But follow up, right? Make sure that we follow up and don't just leave it there. Um, because we don't want to go from that point of conviction um, and go the wrong path. We want to go the path of humility um, as you're exercising patience, hopefully I will be exercising humility and taking it before the Lord. And um, I might need you to come along me then and alongside me and encourage me if I become faint-hearted or, or idle. Um, and the other part, which we've, I think, talked about in this class before, is um, that aspect of rejoicing always, praying without ceasing, and giving thanks in all circumstances. And why do we do this? This is the last part of the verse. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. These are the things that we're supposed to be doing. And I think these are the things that we've been called to through this study and hopefully we'll continue to be called to um, over a multitude of topics that we want to dive into in this class. Um, so Paul's letters, all of them, um, are so practical. In Colossians chapter 3, um, verses 9 and 10, he gives very clear instructions and he says... Um, Seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices 
and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. So we need to put the old self off. We need to be renewing our minds with the scriptures, and that includes in conversations with one another. And we need to put on the new self, which he has already given us. Um, In Ephesians 4, verses 1 through 3, he calls us to, quote, walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. I mean, that, those few words are so empowering and just packed with the way that we ought to be meditating on our relationships one another again there's that thread of humility and gentleness and patience bearing with one another we are called to live at peace with one another over and over and over in the scriptures to be humble to be patient um it would do good to meditate on romans 12 verses 9 to 21 philippians 2 verses 1 through 11 um and we might have a minute to look at one of those Um, But all of the gifts we've been given by our Father are for the purposes of glorifying him and serving and loving one another. So we need to be ready, right? Having our minds filled with the truth from the word so that we are able to rejoice. We are able to pray without ceasing. We are able to um, give thanks in all circumstances and to write them down in our thankfulness journal and then share them with one another. Um, We are those who are often either faint-hearted or weak or in need of patience with one another, um, but we've been given the encouragement, help, and patience from Christ himself. He, in fact, as I mentioned at the beginning, died for us while we were yet his own enemy. How much more ought we to love one another because we've been given such a gift? When we stop and think about what he did for us, I think it stops us in our tracks from judging one another, from comparing ourselves to one another, because that's just a trap, right? Um, We're going to talk about, like, that trap of comparison in a later class, um, but I really like the way that one author put it. Comparing ourselves to to others leads to one of two paths. It either causes us to be boastful and prideful because we're doing, in our own minds, better than we see someone else doing, or it leads down the path of despair because we look at everyone else and go, I can never measure up to that. We're not called to measure up to that. We're called to live the life we are living. We're called to be the friend to the sisters God has put in our lives. We're called to be the wife to the husband that God has put in our lives. We're called to be the parent of the child that God has put in our lives. We're called to be um, exactly where we are called to be and nowhere else. Working inside of our homes, working outside of our homes, working in the churches, wherever, whatever path God has you on. That's the path you're supposed to be on. So know that. Know that you are where he has called you to be. If you are seeking him first and not making your own plans and then asking him to bless them. Um, If you're doing that, then you are where you need to be. So um, examine your own heart toward others. Love them as you have been loved. And deepen friendship biblically. Um, Let's go ahead and turn to Philippians 2. We can have a moment to do that. Um, would someone with a strong reading voice read verses 1 through 11? Anyone? Anyone? Go for it, Kayana. Okay, 11? Yes, please. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count to others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every other name, so that in the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, 
to the glory of God the Father. Thank you very much. So just to bring your eyes for a moment back to verse 7. Emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. So are we daily emptying ourselves and taking the form of a servant to serve one another? Um, to just start our day by thinking about what Christ did. This is his example of humility, and we need to be humble in the same way. Um, not out of expectation that others are going to do the same for us. Not out of, We need to take our eyes off of our friends and say, they're not being the friend I want them to be, but we need to put our eyes on ourselves and say, am I the friend God is calling me to be? In whatever friendship, in whatever circumstance, because God has called us to be in that outer sphere of acquaintances of some. God has called us to like move into that ally sphere in the church. He's caused us to have exactly the companions we have and exactly the confidants that we have. I really just appreciate and I can't emphasize enough um, in uh, Dr. Beaky and Michael Haken's book that idea that if we have one confidant, that's what we need. And if we're blessed with between three and five in a whole lifetime, we are blessed. We shouldn't be striving to have this inner circle that's huge. That inner circle is what it is for a reason. And that outer circle of companions are those that we are then called out of that intimate companionship with those one or two others. We go and we serve, uh, or confidants rather, we go and we serve those outer companions. Laura? Okay, well, I think you ran. Oh, I was going to ask, how do you balance the um, building those close friendships and reaching out to people that will be acquaintances, but to serve them, to love them? How do you balance that? So I think I think the balance is where the Lord leads us by His Holy Spirit, because I think sometimes we're surprised at who the confidant becomes, right? But it's when we are being a better friend. You know, in my mind, this has not come from their book, but in my mind, those outer acquaintances are the ones I ought to be evangelizing. And um, a great idea for this class um, surfaced that we need to talk about evangelism in this class a little bit more, like really preaching truth to every sphere of life that we're in, because we're all in different spheres of life where we can do that and we ought to be more bold to do that. Um, but I think about those acquaintances and think, we need to pull those into our ally sphere, right? We need to pull them into the church. We need to preach truth to them. And once we have those allies, I think a lot of things can lead to that companionship. Sometimes it's a similar season of life. Sometimes it's a similar season of parenting, but oftentimes it's not. And I think that's what's surprising about those or those confidants in that center circle. Like I think about it. And sometimes our companions are the people that we're in a similar season of life with, right? Like, I'm a homeschool mom, so I have time with homeschool moms throughout the week. Those aren't always the ones that are my confidants. In fact, some of my closest confidants before this church were ones I was in a completely different season of life with um, than they were. So I think that we should be careful about making judgments and let the Lord lead that. And I think that it it happens very organically sometimes, at least to my surprise. Other thoughts, ladies? I think my thought is like, sometimes when we find that friend that's like, wow, like, and you are thankful for them, that if someone the Lord's blessed you with, it can be tempting to just go to them all the time, and just be with them all the time. And so how to balance that with like, okay, I still need to reach out and be, loving other sisters in Christ in the church and reaching out and bringing them, you know, maybe to hang out with both of you or, you know, so that's kind of my... Yeah, and I think, like, when Jamie talked about, you know, who are the instigators, and I think of instigators sometimes as connectors. You know, like, she even said at one point, I don't remember what the question was, but I think she was talking about, like, getting to that you know, deeper level of friendship, someone that you can confide in, someone that you can be vulnerable in. And she's like, if you don't have someone, see me. Like, she's a good connector, right? And we can all be connectors connecting other people so that we do all have that inner circle of confidence. But I think that those companions are a bigger circle. And I, I do think it happens a little bit more organically as the spirit leads. Um, but we can't go into that inner confidant circle and not keep reaching out. But I think we will naturally spend more time with those who are our companions and um, 
but we are still called to reach out, right? So where are you outside of this group at church that you can be reaching out or think about your closest friends and look around, you know? Like, I've heard ladies say, like, to their good friends, I'm not probably going to talk to you on Sundays because I'm reaching out to other ladies in the church. And sometimes we just go to our comfort zone and we stay there. But I think your question is a good one, and it's for self-examination. Am I being a good friend to look around and include others? You know, I mean, just last week someone said they needed to leave this class, like, right away when we finished because they'd invited someone to church who has trouble staying afterward because they have really young kids and they need to get home. And so she said, hey, why don't you come early? And so their family went up and connected with that family before church. So we just have to be creative how to do that, you know. If you're not in a season where you can have a family into your home, um, text them and say, hey, let's all bring lunch and meet at the picnic tables after church and have lunch together. Some families just do that every Sunday. Um, but it's good to reach out to newer families sometime and say, let's do that. Is that helpful? Any other thoughts, ideas? Okay. Um, we have run out of time to go to Romans, but I would just encourage you all to read Romans chapter 12, verses 9 to 21, and, and just really meditate on that. And part of that is, you know, as far as it depends upon us, we are to be at peace with all people. Um, and so that includes all of those fears, right? The, from the outer acquaintances who we really do want to shine the light of Christ before, especially if they don't know him, um, all the way to our inner confidants. Because um, that, that is probably the closest two-way relationship. Um, and if you're married, your husband should be your closest friend. Um, we do need to have close girlfriends too, but your husband should be your closest confidant if you are married. Um, so... That is a wrap on developing more deeply biblical friendships for this class, but it was certainly not been exhaustive. Um, so I hope that it has been a blessing to you ladies. It certainly has been to me. I did want to let you know next week um, we will be kicking off uh, part one of a three-part series. Um, for those of you who know Jen Dwyer, she is going through the, um, her, the master's program at Master's University Seminary. I'm not sure what you call it. Um, for biblical counseling. So she's getting a master's in biblical counseling. And I had asked her if she'd be willing to do some teaching in this class, and she got really excited about some teaching she was doing or some learning on anxiety. And so I said, great, would you bring that? And so she's going to be doing a three-part series starting next week. Um, so I would really encourage you to be here because even if it's not a struggle you have, it is a struggle that many women have. And so it will equip you to come alongside one another, which ultimately is the goal of this class. So that we can look in the mirror and counsel ourselves first and foremost, but then also come along alongside our sisters and our friends that the Lord brings alongside. So that will be October 1st, 8th, and 15th, um, and then we'll do some follow-up to that after that as well. Um, who will close us in prayer? Annie, will you close us in prayer? Sure. Thank you. Yeah, I thank you for this morning and the opportunity to learn more about you. I just say that as we go upstairs, Lord, that we would be mindful of one another and how to encourage one another and um, to love one another, Lord. Help us to look to you and that you would just speak through Pastor Phil and his teaching this morning, Lord, and that you would just um, yeah, give him your words and not his words. In your son's name, amen. Amen. Mm-hmm.